Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Cover Drive Collective podcast. I'm your host, Vasish Chabria. I'm joined by Anand Samat. And it has been a very, very, very exciting couple of days after what I could say would be a very, I don't know, um, not so great performance by India at Headingley. We have come back strong. Anand, you were right. We have made a very, very strong comeback in what I could say is one of India's most convincing performances with both bat and ball. So, hey, Anand, how are you doing? Hi, Vasish. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am absolutely fine. Actually, I'm on, I'm, you know, on the moon because India won. It was such a great win, victory for us. I mean, you know, also... The more you push this team towards the wall, the more stronger they'll give a comeback. So, I'm really proud of this team. And bleed blue, man. Come on. Let's go, boys. We can win this cup. We can definitely win this series. We have we are leading 2-1. We just have one test match to go. So, Anand, before we get into the main crux of the test match, I want to ask you about the pitch. So, very different from what we've seen in the previous test match. What is the oval pitch and why are runs coming so easily for both teams? Firstly, the batting wasn't easy in the first two days, okay? Let me tell you that. For the, because we saw both the teams, you know, get a decent score, 191 and 290, okay? Respectively for India and England. So, I would say batting was a little difficult. Plus, you know, there was overcast conditions too. You need to consider that also, you know, while you're batting. So, I won't say the batting was easy uh, in the first couple of days. But, you know, as the day bear along, you know, as the test match went along, you could see, you know, uh, day four and day five, the batting, you know, the pitch was really good. Sun was beating on the pitch. It became totally dry. You know, plus, there was a little bit of grass, you know, uh, before the test match. So, and that dried up, you know, as the game progressed. So, basically, the batting was difficult. But then as the match progressed, it became easier and easier. And we saw how the Indian batsmen, uh, you know, especially Rohit Sharma, uh, pounced on that. And uh, we scored a mammoth 466 in the second innings. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Oval is considered to be one of the best batting pitches in England overall. So, it was good. It was easy. And it was almost predicted by you, me, and the experts in the show. Absolutely. And although India did go into bat first, and obviously us expecting India to hold their fort and sort of manage a high total, we were restricted down to 191 in the first innings. Anand, why don't you take us through India's batting performance in the first innings? Okay, so basically, as usual, uh, the Ahmedi order collapsed, except for Virat Kohli, who scored a decent 50. Okay, but other than that, you know, really no one uh, got to that uh, double figure, you know, scored a 70 or an 80. But, but, there is always a but. You know, 126 for 6, you know, you thinking, again, a batting collapse by the Indian team, we might, you know, uh, get to a total of me of 150, 160, but all hail Lord Shardul Thakur. I mean, hats off to his quick fire 56 from just 36 balls at a strike rate of 158. I mean, boy, what batting, what batting, proper cricketing shots, you know, for a person coming in at number seven or number eight. I mean, that's really incredible. And, you know, thanks to him, we got to a decent score of 191. And, you know, uh, if it wasn't for him, the lead of England, you know, it would have been around 150, 160. But it was just 99 runs. So, uh, it was Virat Kohli in the middle. And uh, the finishing touches given by Shardul Thakur. So, that was that summed up India's first innings. Absolutely, Anand. And, um, of course... Uh, Anand, who who predicted that Shardul Thakur will be a game changer in this series? Who who said that? Uh, uh, I may think, I ask? Yeah, I think it was me only because I. I oh ho ho ho! Oh, Mister! <laughs> I just kidding, just kidding. It was you, obviously, Vasish. You are a big fan of Shardul Thakur. We all know that. 
So it was obviously you that you would be a game changer. You know, we'll deep dive into Sharul Thakur and Rohit Sharma separately. But you know, it, it was really, really good to see a batsman. Uh, actually, not a batsman, a bowler. You know, coming in uh, with such energy. You know, bringing uh, this confidence, his attitude, batting at number eight, and you know, smashing a quick fire fifty-six. I mean, wow. Trust me, wow. Trust me. Actually, this series hasn't been about the batsmen or the bowlers. It's about being our tail, scoring runs whenever we need them. Absolutely. And Shardul Thakur fired yeah, them away one after the other. He was just yeah. whacking them, clean hitting them. I think a perfect number eight performance I have seen in a very long time. Yes. But, and yes. Just a second. I will just bring one stat. Okay, before this, our average was eleven. The tail enders' average was eleven, but now the average has become twenty. You know, uh, the number eight to number eleven, they've almost contributed around four hundred runs till now in the series at an average of twenty. I mean, that's really, really good. Umesh Yadav scoring twenty-five, then Bumrah scoring again at twenty-five, and trust me, I think in the second innings it was total of fifty-two runs that a tail contributed. So that's really, really great, Vasisht. Absolutely, and this is very unexpected. You wouldn't predict this for our tails scoring these many runs overseas in India. Umesh Yadav is very capable of hitting the sixes when needed. He scored thirty-four of six balls or thirty-four of eight balls against South Africa two years ago. So in India, our, our tail our tailenders are capable of hitting the ball here and there, but this is England conditions. And watching guys like Bumrah, Umesh, Mohammad Shami in the previous games, and even Shardul Thakur, I think this is a revelation for Indian cricket for how amazing our tail is performing. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, this is all about India's first innings. Well, Vasisht, why don't you talk us through England's first innings? Absolutely. Just before that, Anand. We have seen a little change in how India has approached its batting. Ravi Jadeja is batting at five, and I'm not a big fan of this decision. I don't think Ravi Jadeja is very comfortable at number five. I know they might want a left-hander to come in early, but he's looking very tentative in that spot and not really able to. Hit those runs freely. Rahane is being pushed down to six. So what's going on there, Anand? What do you think about that? Firstly, I feel it was a tactical move. Okay, and plus Rahane is out of form. Okay, we all know that. So, so maybe it's just to protect him from that extra vulnerability of the new ball. This is what I feel. But okay, I mean Jadeja at number five. To be honest, even I'm not a, that a big of big fan because you know Jadeja is more of a. You know that finishing kind of a guy. You he comes in at number six, number seven, quick scores a quick fire, fifty, sixty. So you know from seventy, eighty balls and goes off. And that also from the old ball, not from the new ball. Okay, and that that old ball is around sixty to seventy overs old. So you know he facing the new ball. I mean, okay, it, it's actually not doing a good cost to anyone. I feel okay. Uh, both the innings which we saw, I think uh, he scored seventeen in the second innings and in the first innings. I'm not quite sure. Maybe seven or eight or less than that. Actually, it was nine runs. Yeah, it was eight to nine runs. Uh, I remember, but it, it was no use. You know, you are just protecting Rahane, who's actually a very uh, uh, experienced player, and he's he's the vice captain, man. I mean, that says enough. Why do you want to protect him? Absolutely. Rahani is capable of defending the ball and holding fort on one end. He batted at number four in Australia after Virat Kohli left for India after the first match, and Rahani did pretty well for himself there. So, I don't understand this uh, sudden change in position. If you feel that uh, one of your premium batsmen like Rahani is losing form, maybe rest him for a game. Bring in someone like a Vihari or Sky instead, but don't push him down the order. That's gonna demotivate him even more. As we've seen, Rahane baking not more than twelve or fourteen runs in the first innings and getting out for a duck in the second innings. So, I don't think this change in position did any good service for Jadeja or Rahane. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, I don't know. It's 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 really. It was really strange to see that, but let's hope you know uh, 
Rahane comes back to form in the last test and, you know, does something magical because I've always believed, you know, and I've said it in previous episodes, I'll say it now too. Form is temporary, but class is permanent. And Ajikya Rahane, a vice captain, is filled with class. So I trust him, believe in his supremacy and he'll deliver when it's needed the most. Definitely, definitely. Moving on to England's batting performance, Anand, and this was a tale of two cities. This was the the top four, your your crucial players that usually bring you the runs, your your Burns, your Hamid, your Milan, Root. They all got out very early. Milan stuck around for a decent 31, but after that, it was... It was 0-5 and Joe Root getting out to Imesh Yadav's beautiful in-swinging delivery. That wicket was just, it took me by surprise. It was one of the best wickets I've seen, but we'll talk about the bowling later. Then they bring in the night watchman of Craig Overton, didn't do much, stayed the night, next day got out very early. And then, and then England showed some consistency with the bat in the next day. Day three, England were batting very well. They sorry, day two, England were batting very well. Ollie Pope stuck around for a brilliant 81. Chris Wokes showed us why he's such a good batting bowling all-rounder with a decent 50 of only 60 balls. And Moen Ali and Johnny Bester with a decent 35 and 37, staying there, letting guys like Wokes and Pope score the runs that they need to. So I would say it's because of your number five to eight that England exceeded India and took a 100-run lead. But credit to India's bowling to restrict them to 290 because if it were up to them, Chris Wokes would have just taken the game ahead and scored another 100 like he did three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, you know, we have to give credit to India's bowling. And trust me, you know, uh, Vashish, you and I were having, having a chat during the game we were really surprised with Umesh Adav in, you know, inclusion in the playing eleven because we all thought he hasn't played for a while and what will he do? And plus, I mean, yes, he's a good, he's a decent bowler, but he hasn't been playing test match cricket. We did not know he was in form, out of form. And plus, no offence to him, but he's known to leak a lot of runs. But trust me, he really impressed me this game. I mean, he, if I'm not wrong, uh, he took around two to three wickets in the first innings. So that was really, really nice. And I was like, wow. So I, that's great. I mean, you know, picking Umesh Adav over uh, Ishan Sharma, I guess that, that really played the trick. I, okay, Anand, I might disagree with you a little bit there. Umesh Yadav, yes, he did take three wickets, but he went for an economy of four. And that's not an optimal test match economy. I'm sorry, that's. Like, that's not the economy you go for in test matches. The the best bowlers go for an economy about 2.5 to 3. And your your average bowlers go for around 3.2 to 3.5. 4 is just way too much. Hmm. Having only two maidens, I yes, you took three very, very important wickets. The wicket of Joe Root is basically gold. But I don't know whether... I would call this a comprehensive bowling performance or not. See, you can argue that, but he's been playing after two to three years, especially test cricket. So, I mean, you, I think you can give him a benefit of doubt or, you know, you can slide that. But, you know, I'm really impressed. I mean, it's, it's way better than his previous performance. Yes, he has to improve. As you said, you know, an economy of four or five in test cricket is like giving 20 runs in an over in a T20 cricket. So, uh, yes, he still has to improve, but those three wickets and those crucial 25 runs in the second innings, I think it is a decent performance and he, he contributed with the bat and with the ball. So, yeah, I think you can let that slide, Bashish. Don't be so critical of the poor Omesh Yadav. Give him some uh, praises for his good performance, you know, especially after three years. Definitely, definitely. Someone like Shardul Thakur as a bowler is also known to give a lot yeah. of runs. So, there are every bowler has their moments. So, hopefully, Umesh Yadav is able to restructure, resurface and perform well if he's included in the fourth, in the fifth test. So, well, talking about, we spoke about the first innings of England and India. Let's not talk about, talk about the second innings of India. Vashisht, 
give us some insights you know i mean everyone contributed you look at that list except for rane everyone contributed tell me which whose performance you know you are fascinated by you like the most i know shardul thakur you know but that was an obvious question but except for that whose performance you really like and tell me give us some insights into that batting performance of india especially in the second innings man anand you stole my words i was going to say shardul thakur right there my favorite batsman of all time but no um of course it has to be rohit sharma like how could it not this man his first overseas century in in test match cricket and what a way to get off that 100 This man is just talented in all formats. He he's, he was he was fantastic two years ago in the 2019 ODI World Cup, having like five centuries, scoring the most number of runs, and and then a revelation as an opener in Test cricket in 2019, having those mammoth double hundreds, and now finally Rohit Sharma, the overseas Test opener. We don't have to look. for your murli vijays or your shikhar dhawans or your shubman gills because you have found someone so consistent and so strong he faced 256 balls anand i don't think there is a batsman quite like rohit sharma the only criticism i have is he gets out the same way every single time and that's with the pull shot but that's just the way he plays and when it works it works like magic and when it doesn't work that's when you know he's dismissed so i'm extremely happy and of course rohit sharma just carrying that momentum from his previous high scores of 83 and a 50 as well so i think this this just cements him as one of the best batsmen in this series maybe except for joe root i mean you know vashish is in vashish if he doesn't provide a statement of criticism right <laughs> i mean <laughs> even if you are praising you have to point out some thing or the other that is negative but you know that's that's really good because you know this is a constructive criticism it is under negative criticism and you know all the listeners out there and me including me really like that about you vashish thank you so yeah i mean you truly you know rohit sharma hands down man 127 and plus you know uh, there was a photo circulating in on social media after his innings that he had bruised his thighs okay i mean it, it i mean such such great such determination of seeing the new ball we have seen rohit sharma do that over and over over the years you know in uh, white ball cricket yes but that's a different ball game altogether but test cricket my god this is a totally different rohit sharma where you see him attacking the bowlers Here he's giving himself time. He's settling in. He's seeing off the new ball, and once he's in, I mean, you you have to just sit back and enjoy it. I'll just bring out some stats because I really love stats, you know. So Rohit Sharma has got eight hundreds, okay, in his entire Test career, and all those eight hundreds have come in a winning cause. Whenever he scored a century, India has won. so luckily i guess or may not i mean you give whatever word or statement you want to give but he's a lucky champ for india okay so that's one and secondly he scored 1000 runs in 2021 so he's clearly in the form of his life international runs 1000 international runs in 2021 and two centuries already and both against england one at home and the other uh, other in england itself so yeah He's in form of his life, and he can and he can do no wrong. Absolutely, he was fantastic. I know KL Rahul made a very very decent forty six, faced over a hundred balls, uh, built a partnership with Rohit Sharma. But Anand, I am so impressed with the the sort of return to form of Cheteshwar Pujara. I am. I was ve- I know his score was only 61 only one more than the great Shardul Thakur but the way he defended and I was just seeing glimpses of the old Pujara maybe it's because of the flat tracks of oval which are very similar to Australian pitches with the ball coming onto the bat but this was the Pujara that we all love and I was very happy to watch him bat like that 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, those uh, back foot cover drives, those square drives. You know, he he was a he had a higher strike rate than Rohit Sharma was. So you can really see he was coming into form. Yes, it might be you might call it a flat flat track. Those are better batting conditions. Okay, but you have to see even in Headingley League, he scored ninety one. But batting wasn't easy. Okay, so he can play, and I'm happy he scored two back to back fifties. I hope fingers crossed. Even in the you know uh, last Test match, he at least scores a fifty, and hopefully he scores a hundred. I'm really happy for Cheteshwar Pujara. I just want to add one more point to the Rohit Sharma's innings. Okay, so he scored fifty one from one forty five deliveries. Okay, and his next fifty came in just sixty balls, sixty to seventy balls. So that really says how he accelerated, you know, while batting after scoring a fifty. Definitely, he is called Hitman for the reason. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Vasish. So now let's talk about Sardul Thakur. I am really, really waiting, Vasish. I want you to go on for a minute, do a monologue, whatever you want, but just give us an insights and how impressed you were with Sardul Thakur. I won't bore you for an entire minute, Anand. Don't worry about that. But yes, I'm. I am very, very impressed by Sardul Thakur. Sixty of seventy-two balls. It's not like other tailenders where you're just swinging your bat. This man is timing the ball and hitting the ball cleanly. He he was hitting all over the field. He was not picking one area out. Sometimes he was hitting down the ground. Sometimes it was through cover. So he was just going all over the place. Bowlers were confused as to where exactly what are the good areas to bowl to. Gushardul Thakur was just hitting everything. And he was, he had the mindfulness to build a partnership with Rishabh Pant. Obviously, Rishabh Pant with a very, very decent 50 looked a little tentative towards the beginning. I won't be wrong. He was dropped. But like Shardul Thakur obviously was there. Both of them built a very, very good partnership. Took that total above 400 and then let the tail of Umesh and Bumrah just play their free shots. So that was all in all a very convincing performance. Uh, Anand, I would like to now ask you about Virat Kohli's 44. What is with Virat Kohli getting 40s and 50s and then not taking his scores forward? See, I, I knew you would say that. So I'm bringing out some stats again. Okay, so most runs in the ongoing test series between England and India, he scored 280 runs. Yes, yes, he's in the Virat Kohli, which we knew. You know, he's scoring big hundreds, but it's fine. I mean, as long as he's contributing at 50, 60, 40s, that's enough. I mean, if it wasn't for his 50 in the first innings, he wouldn't have even gotten to 191. Okay, I mean, yes, there was Shaldus Thakur's push, but that needed a foundation which Virat Kohli gave. So, yes, he, he will come back to form and trust the Virat Kohli, trust the king, man. Come on. That's it. That's what I'm going to say. Anand, I have wanted to trust the king since the beginning of the Test In fact, I've been wanting to trust the king since the WTC final. I am not seeing anything. Like, it's in June, July, August, and what? I'm going to see him now perform well in red. See, it's it's fine, okay? I, I know you don't like Virat Kohli much. You're a big critic, but hey, listen. Even MS Dhoni wasn't in form for the past two years. I in his end of his career. Yes, Virat Kohli is also... I mean, that's a different matter of a fact that Virat Kohli still has got four to five years left in him, but... A bad face comes for every person. Even if it was Sachin Tendulkar, you go back to the 2008, 9, 10, he, he had a very down face. So, leave it to the king, just like Sachin Tendulkar, even Virat Kohli will come back. That's it. That's, I'm going to leave it over there. I mean, I don't have any other explanation. But he's providing crucial 50s and 60s. So, that's what all you want. I mean, if it was... You're not saying anything of Cheteshwar Pujara. I mean, he's, he's also... He's known as the wall. I mean... We call him Wall for a reason because he's replaced Rahul Dravid. But he's also not scoring a century. Yes, he's scoring 61, 70s, 80s, but where's the 100? I mean, yes, he's Virat Kohli set those standards so high that you expect a 100 for him every time. But come on, he's a human being after all too, right? Definitely. Oh, wow. Anand, you got very defended. 
defend uh, defensive of Virat Kohli, and I'm sorry to hurt your feelings, but no, no, it's just fine. I mean, I'm like, let's just leave that discussion of Virat Kohli's hundred all together. Okay, I mean, why don't we look at Virat Kohli's captaincy? Okay, I mean, we 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 all talk about his batting. We know Virat Kohli only for his batting. His captaincy is so underrated. He is at number four of the most successful uh, Test captains. He's he's on thirty eight. He's passed with uh, Clive Lloyd thirty six, and he's slowly climbing up. So we don't talk about his captaincy at all, and I feel we should give him that due because just like his batting, even his captaincy matters a lot. Definitely, definitely, and him him as a captain has been very effective. This entire series, the the motivation that each and every player just they that they, they bring from the change room to the field, you can feel that energy, and it's all down to Kohli's enthusiasm, Kohli's aggression, his his fighting spirit. I think that's evident in every single player that we see on the field. As KL Rahul said in a post match presentation, "You go after one of us, you're going after all eleven of us." So yeah, absolutely. It's so, it's one fighting team, and Virat Kohli is at the helm of that. Yeah, they they hunt in a pack with a ruthless leader, Virat Kohli. So give him some due, and you know, I'm bringing out one more stat. I'm comparing MS Dhoni's Test record with Virat Kohli's Test record. Yes, I'm a huge MS Dhoni fan, guys. A big MS Dhoni fan, but he's a but Virat Kohli is the best Test captain for India. Period. Okay, so. Jan 2000 till December 2017, okay, 50 matches under MS Dhoni. You know India played and we have won only eight. Jan 2018 till September 2021 under Virat Kohli, we we have also won eight, but we have played 23 Test matches. So if we win this fifth match, he's going to be the most successful captain for India in Sena countries. Sena countries, I mean New Zealand, Australia, England, South Africa. So. Virat Kohli is the captain in Test format, mind you. Only in Test format. I'm not talking about the limited overs. I'm not talking about limited overs. Only Test format. He's been incredible. Absolutely, no, no doubt about that. Like we have to give credit where it's due. Kohli has been fantastic in red ball cricket as a captain. Yes. Now moving on to the fourth innings of the game, Anand. I was constantly texting you at the end of day four and at the beginning of day five. Wicket kaha hai? Wicket kaha hai? Where is the wicket? What is going on? Why? Uh, why is Hamid and Burns just scoring and scoring and not getting out? And I was tensed. I was worried as to what was going on with these two, and it looked. It seemed as if England were capable of taking the uh, taking the target of three hundred sixty eight and batting the entirety of day five, but then we had, of course, my guy Shardul Thakur come in and take out Burns, and successively the last couple of wickets fell on the last day, and it was it was a complete collapse for England. Where uh, where only Burns and Hamid, with fifty and sixty three respectively, managed to have a partnership of hundred. Root was able to score a decent amount, thirty six. But it was on the other side, batsmen like Pope, Bairstow, Milan were just crumbling in front of him. So there wasn't really much that Root could do when other batsmen were falling. There was no intent shown by any of the English batsmen. I think they just lost hope after India scored that four sixty six. What do you think happened to England in the last innings, Anand? Uh, it was a chaseable score, but as I said, the tail of India has been bagging so strong. I mean, the head of the India's body, the head is perfect. Okay, the middle order, the middle portion of the body is a little shaky, but it's gaining strength. And the tail, I mean, it's wagging so hard. As I told uh, before, three fifty runs at an average of twenty in uh, number eight to number eleven. I mean, wow! And trust me, that fifty-two runs in the end by Umesh. Uh, I'm not counting Shardul Thakur because I am, you know, uh, considering him as an all-rounder. I've got a question related to that for you, Vasish. I'll put it up later ahead. But uh, Umesh Adar Bumrah. And Siraj, I mean, you combine those twenty-five, twenty-four, three runs. 
that's a that's 52 runs and if you minus those 52 runs from 368 it comes down around if i'm not wrong 300 and uh, 316 315 something like that and those 50 runs can you know uh, play a psychological thing in your head because see they were 100 for one right and then then it's left and if you minus those 15 50 runs it's 200 215 more runs so you're like okay 100 we have reached only 215 more to go it's not like 250 260 so those crucial 50 runs at the end from umesh bumrah and siraj was very very crucial so i think that's where they lagged they they could not get rid of the you know uh, tail as soon as it's possible so yeah True. that was the very important factor i would say but anand england have such talented bowlers and this is this is their conditions jimmy anderson Ollie Robinson has shown a lot of promise in the last couple of tests, and I'm a huge Chris Wokes fan, and he's not able to take as many wickets as expected. So, what's going on? It depends upon the conditions, also, Vasish. You need to see that it was a flat deck. I mean, if it the only time the pitch was troubling when was when it was the new ball. Okay, we we saw as soon as England got the new ball, Rohit Sharma, Pujara went in the same over. they went in the same over by chris wokes so uh, so when the new ball came you know after 15 20 overs that is the period when you have to take wickets okay i mean but india even continued with the old ball even when the new ball was available so that's a different matter but we are known to play in such conditions okay and as i said earlier oval is known for its batting it is known for its batting so yes if it would have been a little overcast you know clouds around it it might be play it might have turned out differently but it is what it is you have to see the conditions also yes the players have got good ability but sometimes that conditions that luck factor is also very important that's true and you mentioned flat decks and the oval pitch now anand i have to bring up something very interesting with you ravi jadeja bowled 30 overs on day 5 11 maidens taking two wickets only after lunch so no wickets before that but maintaining an economy of 1.6 i think he bowled very well it's yeah. just do you think we miss the presence of the one true ravichandran ashwin on a day 5 flat track you, you give me the answer did you miss him yes i, I missed him very him. much you you missed him i mean the bowlers did a very good job I I, mean, I yes. missed I missed Ravi Chandran Ashwin. I was just like, what is Umesh Yadav doing here? Please, please give me my Ashwin back. See, everyone wants Ashwin in the team, but the conditions it depends upon the condition and the team management also, right? I mean, if it was it was a spinning deck and if they hadn't taken wickets and see if Jack Leach was there in England side and if uh, Ravi Chandran Ashwin wasn't there in India, then you could have said, oh, I mean. that's a tactical move made by england but this persisted with the same same side india so just with two changes shardul coming in uh, and umesh coming in also but i don't see ravi chandran ashwin fitting into the last test match maybe i mean because uh, even after the third test match virat kohli gave some hints that he might include ravi chandran ashwin but he did not So it all depends upon the conditions, Vasish. I mean, when it's a spinning track, I mean, that first person when it comes into mind is Ashwin. You look at Chennai, you look at Ahmedabad, you you look at anywhere in India, you and even Australia for that matter. He played a very crucial role in Australia also. So, but I feel England isn't his fortress. I feel yes, he's a very good bowler. I mean, I'm a big fan of Ashwin myself, but it depends. England is more of a seeming condition, so I don't see Ravi Chandran Ashwin fitting into that much. A lot of experts alluded the oval pitches to be very similar to the SCG and the Adelaide Oval in Australia. This was more of an Australian South African kind of pitch, especially when Michael Vaughan was talking about how it was very difficult for 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 the fast bowlers to get that amount of seam and bounce on this pitch. whereas guys like moin ali were able to take wickets so the presence of ashwin was missing but credit to ravi jadeja for bowling such a long spell on day 5 i think that was 
when he didn't contribute with the bat, he definitely did contribute with the ball here. And although Umesh Yadav took more wickets than him, I think this was a better, well-rounded bowling performance than any of the other bowlers on this on this particular day. I mean, true, true. I mean, there was little bit of offer from for the pitch because of those footmarks by the fast bowlers, but. Other than that, uh, there was nothing to be honest. There was a hardly any turn. And we know when there's little bit of turn, Jadeja can be lethal and he can be accurate. Definitely. So, Vashish, I just want to bring up one question and I'll leave it there. Okay. So, uh, guys, Vashish does not know about this. Okay. I mean, it's really, it just popped up into my head. I was like, let me just ask in this podcast. So, he's also unprepared. If you'll think he's prepared, he's not. Do you think it's the end of Hardik Pandya in Test cricket? Because, I you hope know, so. I... I mean, because the way Shardul Thakur is batting, the way, I mean, though Jadeja did not fire at number 5, but he scored a 50 and 30. He's got a decent amount of batting in this series. He's done his job, Jadeja, Thakur, and even a terrace firing now. So, do you think Hardik Pandya will, is, you know, even if it is fit, do you think he'll come in the side or it's his end, end of journey for Hardik Pandya in Test cricket? The same question was asked about Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. Is this the end for him in test cricket? And it all comes down to fitness, Anand. If your fitness is not able to hold up bowling long spells and being there for a long time, being there playing five days, and especially in as, a, and as an all-rounder contributing in both facets, and if Hardik Pandya's back is not able to handle that, I think, yeah, it is the end for him in test cricket. You don't see someone like a Kyron Pollard play test cricket. He is an he is a limited over specialist. He is someone who comes in there at number five and six, whacks the ball around the park and contributes with the ball a little bit. So I think Hardik Pandya is evolving into that kind of player more than a test match player. Whereas someone like Shardul Thakur is, is showing a lot more fire, a lot more a lot more intent in test cricket. He is able to bowl those long spells and he's able to contribute very, very well with the bat. I think a few more batting performances from this guy and we can see him get promoted maybe up to number seven or maybe in the future, even number six, I could hope for. So I'm not saying this is the end for Hardik Pandya, but Hardik Pandya's place in test cricket is only up to how his fitness levels are. Okay, I mean, but you know, to be honest, I feel uh, there is it's it's over for Hardik Pandya because the way our tail is batting right now and way Shardul Thakur is batting. I mean, if it is if he's included, I, I really don't see him fitting in. I mean, yes, fitness is a factor, but nowadays there are a lot of players who are much fitter. I mean, he he has played Sri Lanka even in the ODI. I mean, he bowled ten overs, so you add more ten overs, twenty overs. I think for a player to be be so at least minimum amount, I feel a player should be fit that he can bowl 20 overs. This is what I feel. And plus, you know, we compared him to Kapil Dev. And Kapil Dev was legendary. I mean, a person who cannot play test cricket cannot be compared to Kapil Dev, I feel. Kapil so Dev I, set another standard, Anna. The Like, there's no one like Kapil Dev right now as we speak. Not even Lord Shardul. Yeah, even I agree with you completely. But I feel, you know, if people are making those comparisons, I feel Hardik Pandya should step up his, you know, fitness game. I mean, we have seen him playing IPA. I mean, we have seen him play, but that, that Hardik Pandya, the all-rounder, the bowler is missing. And I feel he, that's crucial for India, even if, if we are going in the world, uh, world T20 or in the ongoing World Test Championship. I honestly don't mind if he just transitions into being someone like a Pollard. I would, I would be more than happy. You know, they come from the same MI, MI set of family. So it, it would be completely okay with me if Hardik Pandya is a limited over specialist because he is that kind of batsman who can finish a game of Glenn Maxwell kind of hitter. So it's, it's completely fine if he wants to just stay in limited overs. And let the test match specialists take care of test cricket. Okay, that's a fair point too. Let, let's see that. So, while okay, while we're talking about test cricket, Vasisht, what are your predictions for the final test match? 
So the final test match takes place in the Old Trafford cricket ground. Um, the last test that obviously there have been tests that are taking place in 2020. England played two matches against the West Indies and one against Pakistan in 2020. But the last most memorable test I can remember was the fourth Ashes match, which Australia won, I think. And it was a Steve Smith double hundred there. That was his return match after getting concussion from Jofra Archer. So that was the last test match I remember. And that was also the, the ODI match where India lost against New Zealand in the semi-final. So if the, if the conditions are overcast, expect another batting collapse on India's end or else India have a fighting chance to either win or at least draw the match so that we win the series. Vashisht, I am still holding on to your predictions on the start. You said 4-1 <laughs> to England. I mean, now it's 2-1 to India. I mean, yes, I said the series will be draw, but I, I, I'm, I still want India to win. And I'm really, if India loses this match or, you know, if India wins this series, whatever happens, okay, I am going to pester you a lot. I'm like, what happened? You told 4-1. What happened? 4-1. But see, now we, we have played really well. Okay, so I want to ask one question. Do you think this is the best team to tour England till date? Till date. Definitely. In India did win uh, a series against, uh, against England in 2007, was it, I think? Yes, yes, yes. But even there were a couple of chinks in the armor there at the time. But right now, I think... India looks unstoppable, although we are a little tentative in the middle order. I I don't want to predict a result, but I do want to predict India making two changes for the last test match. I want first change, I want to see Mohammad Shami come back. I don't want to see either Umesh Yadav or Ishan Sharma. I, these guys are relics of the past. I think we are due some we are due some proper bowlers that have actually delivered in all in all forms of the word, whether it's keeping your economy or taking wickets. And I think Shami has been very effective that way. So I want him to come back. And secondly, I want a more consistent number five. So my prediction is Surya Kumar Yadav plays the last test. Okay. I mean, I was about to ask you actually, do you think uh, Rahane would be dropped? But, you know, uh, you made a very good point. Uh, Vikram Rathod, the batting coach, he said in an interview, and I quote, okay, he said we are not, he has played a couple of very important innings for us. So we are hoping that Rahane will get back into form and he will still play a major role in the Indian team's batting. So I don't think we have arrived to arrive to that point that it should become a concern. So, I mean, the batting coach is saying it that we are, we have not yet arrived to a point that it should become a concern. So, I really do feel Surya Kumar Yadav isn't going to play. Because if the batting coach has said it and if the, you know, Virat Kohli backs, backs his, you know, his uh, second hand, you know, Rahane. So, even I feel Rahane wouldn't be dropped. But I, I still feel he should take one game off and think about his, you know, his technique or his psychological mindset, whatever it's troubling and this gives Sky a chance, a, a door into test cricket. Anand, he's 30 years old. He's not that younger than Ajinkya Rahane. So, he doesn't have that much time as much as we think. He's not your True. plucky young guy like Prithvi Shaw or Shubman Gill who have years and years ahead of them. He's quite older than your youngsters, your typical youngster cricketers. So... If maybe four to five years more left in Surya Kumar Yadav, he's 30, 35, 36 max. If there is a time for Surya Kumar Yadav to come to play test cricket, it's now, and I hope it's very, very soon. And I'm not saying Ajinkya Rahane should completely be phased out of the test side, he, absolutely not. He is he's a valuable player to Indian cricket in general. So I would only count this as a break and not a breakup. Yeah, even I agree to that. I feel he should take just one game off and think about on his technique because he's a very good player. 
I mean, he's proved time and time again that you know he's not only he can not only fill Virat Kohli's shoes in Test cricket, you know, as a captain, but even as a batsman, you know, when he's in there, he has stepped up. Definitely. So, I feel he should just take some time off, and I'm a really big fan of Rahane eh, Jinx. I mean, you know that because since the start of the series, I've defended Pujara and Rahane eh, both. So I just hope he comes back to form, man. Definitely. What are any predictions or any squad changes that you would make for the Indian team for the last test? For the Indian team, I don't see any changes. To be honest, maybe Umesh Yadav sitting out and bringing Mohammad Shami because you know. Uh, Shami was purposely rested because uh, you know of the fitness issues and plus the workload. So I just feel Umesh would sit out and Mohammad Shami would come in. So other than that, I don't see any other drastic change or maybe, maybe okay, a slight chance of Ravi Chandran Ashwin coming. Yes, Anand, thank you for mentioning that. Maybe that's it. Other than that, nothing, nothing. Trust me, because we are Bad. perfect. Man, I want to see Ashwin back in Test cricket. It's just to be honest, same. I, even I'll feel. I mean, even though conditions, because you know, but having Ashwin as a bowler, it's itself a very good armory to have as a captain. Because he'll be like, "Give me the ball, I'll show him." You know, how can I bowl? I mean, he's he's got around four hundred, five hundred Test wickets, man. He's bloody a uh, specialist. He's he's the number two, number three all rounder, and you don't have him in your team. Yeah, I mean that's a different debate altogether. But just having him in the team, his presence, his he's known as an he's known as astronaut for a reason, man. And he just he needs to come back to. I I I like obviously when um, New Zealand come to India for a two match test series later this year. Obviously, you're going to have Ashwin there because it's the subcontinent. You're going to have turning tracks, but. I mean, I want something like Ashwin taking good amount of wickets in conditions not susceptible to spin, like England. So, I I want to see that happen, and I want to see that happen on the tenth of September when it's the last test between India and England. Anand, speaking of England, any changes to the England squad, which looks very, very, very shaky at this point of time? Uh, Jack Leach and Josh Butler have been added to the last test match. So maybe I feel Jack Leach might come in because he's been added for a reason. So I mean Jack Leach might come in and maybe because of that change you might see Ashwin from the Indian side. But other than that, I don't see any other change and I feel maybe uh, they might drop more in Ali. Oh, maybe my. because. You're going to drop a batting all-rounder for... PC because if you're bringing in Jack Leach, with whom you will replace him? Tell me. You want to replace him? Maybe. Okay, see, if you don't want to drop Moenelli, I think there is a spot for uh, Jack Leach because, you know, Overton got injured recently because uh, Umesh had a 140-plus delivery hit his arm and went on to the stumps. So, maybe he might not be available, Craig Overton, and then you might get Jack Leach. You know, as a replacement, but if Craig Overton is fit, then with whom you will replace him? Tell me, Vasish. Um, I think for Mark Wood comes in straight back in for Craig Overton, in my opinion, because uh, the the injury looked a little serious, and I don't think England would want to risk uh, Overton playing another match just three days after. So, in all probability, I think it's. It it would be a bowler. It would be a fast bowler for a fast bowler. So Craig Overton going out, maybe a Mark Wood or, or a Sam Curran coming in for Overton. But I would keep Moin Ali in the squad because he brings that batting and he's a very capable spinner. Yeah, I mean no doubt on his capability, but you have to see you know those mismatches also with whom he will replace. But even I feel England hardly would make any change. I mean, it was a good. They did a decent performance with the ball, with the bat and the ball. So other than that, I mean, Rory Burns and Hasib Amit coming back to form. David Wallan scoring pretty well. Joe Root is also is in form. Beresto playing well. Oli Pope playing well. The bowlers are doing good. So just of one or two change may you know might overturn to Leach something like that. But other than that, you know, no change according. Fair enough. The stage is set for. An exciting final match. England have no chance of winning this series now. All they can yeah, do yeah. is tie we the series. 
<laughs> I, I you will say that because 4-1 to england man i still remember when you said that i was like what i so this was when india were down in the dumps after the wtc lost and i lost hope in how india is going to manage a, a a test side against england but honestly if india were going up against ben stokes anderson stuart broad jofra archer um i don't know maybe like you why are you this way zack crawley these they you know so critical a full strength england squad then india would maybe not have that much of a chance especially ben stokes anand you have to you have to agree with me ben stokes the absence of ben stokes has really hurt england's chances in this yeah, series yeah i mean i agree to that but you so you cannot blame india i mean even in 2018 19 when we won in australia everyone said that steve steve smith david warner or not there how will you know that's why you have won but we played to a full potential it's not our mistake if the uh, opponent sides are weak right i mean it's it's they are still a pretty good team england you cannot deny that fact i mean stuart broad is not there fine jofra archer is also not there but ben stokes he was pretty fit he yeah i mean the yes mental health is also important but other than that if ben stokes was there might be it would have been a little difficult but we all know india is playing pretty well so just leave it to that vashish why why you had to bring out jofra archer toward broad ben stokes why have to be so critical all the time well i guess that's how it is you're the harsha bhogle and i'm the michael vaughn of this you have you have good things to say and i'm just going to bring it down every second Yeah, I mean that's why that's why our podcast, you know, it's 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 going good, and I'm 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 pretty sure our listeners really enjoy, you know, have have you know we having this contrast. Definitely. And speaking of the speaking of the podcast, episode twelve is next week, and we have something huge planned. So not only are we going to wrap up this entire India versus England series. we are also going to preview the ipl which is starting on the 19th of september kicking off with your favorite team the chennai super kings taking on the mumbai indians and we're going to have two special guests and all four of us are going to represent our favorite teams and get into the mess of that it's going to be very very exciting all the way from now up to the end of this year we are jam packed with a lot of cricket and we will have everything covered yes yes absolutely so stay tuned to our podcast keep listening to cover drive collective signing off your co-host and friends vashish chabria anand samad get your ma- wear your mask stay vaccinated thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs>